BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, I'm going to keep this simple. Welcome back to Straight Up with Stassi. I'm Stassi Schroeder-Clark. Let's do this. Right. Um, I am so excited right now because I'm sitting here with Tinks, okay, Christina Najar. But listen, I became a fan before I met you, Tinks. I, I mean, likewise, girl. Like, I truly am in awe of your journey into your career. Thank you. I don't like when people say you were an overnight success because you've been work. You've spent your your whole you. like adult life mm-hmm. working on writing, creating content, mm-hmm. being funny, just all of that. Thank you. And I just think it's so well deserved. In case you are new, like in case you are living under a rock and you don't know who Tinks is, she's a content creator, now a writer. She has her first book coming out called The Shift, A Guide to Dating, Self-Worth, and Becoming the Main Character of Your Life. I read it. It's fucking phenomenal. Thank you. You are such a wonderful writer. I think it's so, it's clever. It's witty. It's smart. I feel like with my book, sometimes I talk, I write the way that I talk, but I also talk kind of, um, unintelligently sometimes but while I was reading yours I was like she's smart she's smart this thing thank you thank you and even if you're not in a you're not in a place where you're single or looking for dating advice and we're gonna get into the book Mm -hmm. more later on like this book still is something for you and and I will I will explain that later Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but right now I want to just talk about how you got to to who you are right now, because it all started with you being hysterical yes. on TikTok during oh. the... I thought you meant hysterical, like hysterically crying. And I was like, yeah, that that is usually the root of everything <laughs> that I do. <laughs> but like you just being so funny on TikTok, because I was obsessed with your rich mom starter packs. And I want to know how you know such like hyper specific things about so many places. I I really love to know what makes a place a place. And I also love rich people and I, know, I love so like I. chic people. So I'm just always interested. It really started when I was in grad school in New York and I was living in Tribeca. And because I was in grad school, I'd have class at weird times. And I was so I would be at the yoga class with all the rich moms. And I'd be like, see them walking around the Whole Foods and like what bag they had and like what they'd be picking up. And I have lived in a couple major, major cities. And I used to do these characters on my Instagram, just like I would pay, I would be wearing like a, a boring random outfit. And I'd be like, this is this rich mom character. And I never thought that it could translate to TikTok. But then one day I was like, you know what? Let me just do a starter pack because that's what I'm interested in. Like if I go to a place, mm-hmm. I'll ask my friend, like, well, what, what do the rich moms here do? Like, where do they go for their coffee? Like what's their, what's their car? Like whatever. I, I don't know. I just, just what's interesting to me. And it just wait. It, no, uh, where did uh, the fascination with rich moms start? Because now you've now we are all fascinated with rich moms. I aspire to be a rich mom. Of course, I I think it comes from like rich mom energy, which is like you don't have to be rich and you don't have to be a mom to have rich mom energy. It's like to me, rich mom energy is about getting a lot done, doing the most, looking great doing it. Like that's the energy that we should all be going after. And that's rich mom energy. So it kind of, it has like multiple meanings. Like it's a little satire. It's a little aspirational. It's a little motivational. It's a little bit of everything. I know. Like you said in your book that um, rich moms are the last group of people that we can safely make fun of. Oh, literally. I was like, (laughs) it's like, it's like you can either be self-deprecating or make fun of rich women and that's it. Wait. Okay. So if you were to be a rich mom, which city do you feel like you most relate to? I think probably Tribeca. I I really do relate, even though I... 
have loved my time in LA. I do feel the pull back to the East Coast. And I I don't know, rich Tribeca moms, like they're cool. Sometimes they're like too cool for school. They're like wearing their Amazon uh, puffer. If you know, you know the puffer from Amazon, but they're wearing it with like their Hermes and like, you know, their golden goose and like they're taking the kids out to the Hamptons for the weekend. I fucking hate golden goose, you guys. I, I, hate, I, I like it on it. Hartford. Like Hartford has a pair that someone bought her as a Love gift. it on kids. And I'm like, that's cute. So cute. But I cannot. No, I can't stand. I've never been able to. I remember Jackie Schimmel. I was visiting her in London one time and she was like wearing these golden goose. I'm like, wait, so they're sparkly, but they're supposed to look Look dirty. dirty. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't fuck fuck with this. And she goes, just wait. Everyone's going to be wearing them. I'm fucking ahead of my time. Technically, she was ahead because then they popped off. Still think they're fugly. I will never understand it. I can't. And it's like they're chuggy to me. They are chuggy. I mean, listen. I live in a chuggy world. I, I love to be a chugaloog. No, I'm really chuggy too, but it's like, I can still call like I'm basic, but I can call out basic things. Like I'm chuggy, but like they are too. They're like, and they're expensive chuggy too. Totally. Like if you're going to be chuggy, like at least have fun and just get like a live, laugh, love sign or something that costs $10 from home goods. Like don't be spending $550 on trainers that are already dirty. Agreed. I also feel like the one place I don't want to be a chugaloog is with my wardrobe. Like I want mm-hmm. my wardrobe to stand the test of time. Yeah. I don't want that to scream chug. I think that's such an important and great uh, differentiator and I, I I agree like I try hard with my clothes but like my Instagram captions I'm gonna do a wine pun I'm gonna do a boomerang <laughs> yeah I am and I, I'm gonna stay that way forever and like I, I'm I, you know I'm gonna say wait we're gonna do the boomerangs we're gonna I, I bring... don't do a boomerang no. I don't do a boomerang okay, okay no that's fine what I do love though is like a punny caption like you I will never too. ever and that's very chuggy and uh like and also another thing that I will never give up is um Gen Z says that eyeliner in your waterline is chuggy and I love that like I probably have about 17 Rimmel eyeliners like in my brain from how much eyeliner I wear <laughs> and I'm gonna do that like you will be like there will be instructions to do it in my coffin and I'm fine with that wait real talk I have eyeliner in the inner set right now, but I only commit to the edges because I'm so scared that Gen Z will come for me if, if it's, it's like fully. There. So yeah. I'm like, I'll do it only on the edges halfway. I'm yeah. half-assing yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. We're it's it's okay. That we you gotta you gotta pick and choose your chug. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of um Instagram captions, do you follow that girl on TikTok who's like helping us millennials with captions? Yeah. I like it. Yeah. You don't like it? No, I like it, but like I love writing captions and I get that that's chuggy. Like it's chuggy to care about your Instagram. And I'm very okay that I do. Like I literally love it. Like I have a list. I have a mega list. My friends know of all the captions that I want to use. It's like all the puns. Like if I think of a funny pun or whatever, it goes on the mega list and then I can refer back to it. Oh my God. If you take away anything from this podcast episode, take away this advice. I'm going to right now, after you leave, I'm going to start a new section in my notes yeah. of potential captions because low knows I struggle every time. Yeah. You got to put them in there and like, and it can be really random. Like I'll give you a perfect example. And I can't believe that I'm about to admit this, but like, okay, I'm going to, <laughs> I'm going to France for work in a few weeks and I'm, I'm, I have had a caption for can the place for <laughs> I think 10 years because like, why would I be going to can it's can you not? And I've been waiting for 10 years and it's on my list under there's subheadings. It's food puns, places, bikini pics. Like there's literally su- subheadings and I'm finally going to get to use. Can you not? I love, aren't you a Virgo? Yeah. Yeah. It's really Virgo. And that is the most Virgo thing I've Mm. ever heard. Genius. I'm so excited for you that you're going to get to use it. Thank you. I feel like I'm in my rambling caption era right now. And I love a rambling caption too. Like seriously, I love like a small novel. Like I want, I, I have a lot of words and thoughts and I love a rambling, like emotional one. It makes me, oh no, oh no. No emotions. Low emotions. Lo tells me all the time. She's like, can you just be emotional on this? Just and I'm like, I don't know. I think post 2020, I I it's a little too hard for me to like fully bear my soul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I have to keep some of the cards close. Mm -hmm. Even Um, on your first wedding anniversary. Even on my husband. I still I couldn't do it. (laughs) But I I feel like the more rambly without emotion, the less thought out it seems. I think 
think you're a good caption writer. I think you have a very good Instagram presence. Like, I think I love it. Yeah, <gasps> I I love your content. I think it's well-rounded. I think it's funny. I think it's you, you bring your whole self to it. Like, I just, for me, the thing is that where I hate to follow or I have to mute is like, if it feels canned or if it feels fake, you know, like I just, I want real. And I, and I also like a lot of content. I would actually like you to post more content because I enjoy it. So I want more. Wait. Tanks coming from you, the content queen, social media queen. That means so much to me. Can I ask you some advice then Mm -hmm. right now? I wasn't planning on doing this, Mm -hmm. but I have noticed that when I am at home just Mm -hmm. posting family things and Hartford things, my views are astronomical. Huge. Because that's what I'm telling you. Like everyone loves your cute relationship with Bo and your daughter and like you're like behind the scenes like that's what people want and it's like to me that content I don't understand when people I mean I get it like look I think we can both hold hands and say like we're not mysterious girls like we're not like in that thing of like (laughs) one post of like an outline of like a person like every two weeks like that's just not us and that's fine like I love those girls I wish it was her but I'm just not I wish I was too so we're in the other camp where it's like people come to us for content. Like I wake up every day and I'm like, I'm producing a short film on my Instagram stories today. And that's what I aim to deliver. Yeah. And I like it. I like a lot. Like I want to know, I want to know what Harford's having for breakfast. Like show me, I would love to know. That's so crazy because I always thought that like my home life was going to be like the part that people are like, Oh, swipe, swipe away, swipe away. But when I post things that I'm interested in, like when I'm traveling, when I'm touring, like outfits and things like that, my views are so low that I'm like, what the fuck? You guys don't care about my travel tips yeah i no. don't understand like literally whenever i go to an award show there's like no views Isn't they're like why like i'm in glam and they're like i we don't care but like if i'm at home and i'm like i have a question about my stove do you think you guys can help everyone's like let's get together and to help tinks with their stove and da, da, da. like the views are so high like anything about my cats i'm like Every time I post my cats, I'm like, this is the day that I lose all my followers. People are like, how is their relationship? What What are your cat's star signs? <laughs> are, like, what's your cat's rising sign? Like, what brush do you use? And I'm like, okay. But you want to know why? Because that's comforting. It's yeah. comforting to see other people in their homes do stuff with their kids and their pets and their partners and making food and just like, and that's what I like. Like, I I like to see people's breakfast. I'm like, oh, damn, that looks good. I'm going to try that or whatever. It's comforting. Like, I don't really necessarily want to see like 50 party snaps in a row. Like, I'm like, yeah, I, I do. I'm nosy. But if you're not giving me some like behind the scenes, that's why I always try when I'm doing something cool. I'm like giving them the real or at least I try to because it's like, otherwise, I'm like, I don't care. I can see this on like, E news, you know, it's the same fucking thing. You know, good point. I think people want to relate to something. Yeah. But doesn't that make you feel like when you are doing the like cool things, you're like, God, this would, this just feels so fun to post. You got to scale it back. You have to scale it back. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, I think it's really interesting because for me, I, I've been doing this for three years now. And at first, like your first year, you're just like everyone else. And that's when everyone loves you the most is because you're yeah. like, you're so relatable. You're, I was like living in a studio apartment. Like I didn't have, I, my hair was shitty. Like I didn't have a job. Like I was literally drinking every day, like everyone else in 2020. Like that's when you're your peak relatability. And then I think, it, and then all of a sudden you get your first PR package and your first PR package, <laughs> like everyone is so happy for you because it feels like they're getting it they're like one of us is like and then you go to your first award show and you're like I'm getting glam I guess you guys and everyone's like oh my god you look so amazing and then and then you get more and then you get more and then you get better hair and then you get like a makeup artist who works with you all the time and then you get a stylist and then you're always going to award shows and then all of a sudden you bought a house with the money that you got from this thing that those followers gave you and that's where the relationship needs to stand the test because then all of a sudden you're not relatable anymore. So it's like, to me, that is where the influencer drop off is. It's, it's like, do you keep your community? Are they happy for you? Have you built strong, a strong enough relationship with them where they're like happy when you've bought the house? Or is that when it breaks off? No, totally. And that's a really difficult dance because we all aspire to have more. Everyone totally. always wants more. And, and, But then when you do have more that comes at there's the sacrifice and that is that some people don't want to look at your stories. They don't want to follow you. And I even feel like that. Like when I look at, let's just say, for example, like the Kardashians, I cannot relate anymore. I used to like to see the aspirational stuff. I used to really like it. And now, I mean, I'm just like everyone else where I feel like 
I like following people that I'm like, okay, this, my life is like this too. Um, I could sit and ha- chat and have a conversation yeah. with this person. We can hang out and do nothing. Totally. And, and it's just so funny how we've, I feel like so many people are transitioning into, into yeah. that mindset right now with social media. Yeah. Well, and I think that they're an interesting example because I feel like for me, my favorite times of their show is like when they're standing in their kitchen like shooting the shit totally and it's like I think everyone fell in love with that family when they were in their or their first house when they were just like another crazy family and like of course they were wealthy and super uh, beautiful but like they were kind of like you could see your own family and then you're like oh like I squabble with my sister or like oh like my mom's kind of funny sometimes or whatever and now and now we don't get as much of that like of the I behind know. I like love the casualness like that's what people love and to our point before like that's what people want to see is like the the behind the scene like literally behind the scenes but like that should be the content totally do you ever feel like you have to because you know the trends in social media are changing all the Mm -hmm. time and I know I I'm not even like a content creator really you know what I mean I have a presence on social media I'm there I try hard Mm -hmm. but like I'm not a I'm not at it all day long. Right. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But I still even feel insecure sometimes that like, oh my gosh, the trends in social media change all the time. It's so hard to keep up. Like, do you worry that like, are we going to be able to, to grow and transition with everyone? Or it's like, is what we're doing soon going to be just like outdated and no one's going to care. It's like a scary, it's a scary thought. It's scary, but I, I think it comes down to like, again, your community, like they are my North star. And I'm like, everything I do, I'm like, am I entertaining them, informing them, helping them? um, I don't know, making their lives like better in some way when they like look at their phone in between meetings. And I think the trends are going to change. And I think our world is evolving rapidly. But if you have a North star, I'm not saying it has to be your community, but or whoever's community, but for me it is, that helps guide you. Because then it's like, okay, if there's a new platform, if my followers go on there, I'm going to be like, okay, then I'll find a way to entertain you on there and do that with you there. Like you have to have, I don't think that chasing social media trends is a sustainable career path. I don't think so either. And you you have to stay true to what your yeah. your vibe is. Totally. You know, you true just, to what exactly. you are. You have to do you and like what feels right for you. And like, like even with the book, it's like, I don't know that a ton of people are reading anymore, but I was like, it feels so right for me and my audience to write a book. Like that's mm-hmm. totally what it feels like I need to do. And so that's what I did. And I think that, you know, you could chase things all your life, but it's like, you kind of just have to do what feels right because that is that, that awful keyword, like authenticity. Have you always been a cool girl? Uh, Cause I'm looking at oh, you right God. now. I'm like, she talks like a cool girl. She looks like a cool girl. I follow when I tell you, I'm going to give you a compliment right now. Big one. I, you know, I'm really bad. I would love, I would love what somebody said this to me. Okay. I, when I'm like, okay, what is like technically cool right now in terms of anything at all? Like, no, like literally what's like trendy and cool. What are the kids into? Like whether it's like a handbag or the way like makeup is being worn or like hair trends or, or just like the way outfits or even captions and, or the way like people are putting their fucking, you know, the caption overlay <laughs> on their fucking stories or something, whatever. I literally head to your profile first because oh I think you are well you're the ultimate cool girl especially to like my generation Thank to like you. people yeah. my millennial. age we're millennials man but you manage to be millennial and still be like gen z cool thank you like I were you always a cool girl i don't just say yes myself cool i don't <laughs> i don't i don't i'm not i'm not like i don't you know what i think is cool i think like not caring too much like is cool Totally, but Tinks, you're killing me. Look at you right now. Oh my god, you're fucking cool and trendy. I don't. uh, You're very kind, and that's very, very kind. Thank you. I appreciate it. Is it because you went to an all girls school growing up, and because you were president of your sorority, which like that terrifies me? You are terrifying. (laughs) I think that um, you just got cool girl in your blood. No, (laughs) I, I just like I really love female friendship. Like I've always really, really loved girlfriends, and I loved going to an all girls school. I love being president of my sorority because I just love like I love hanging out. I love girl time. Like mm-hmm. I really, really do. Like I I'm not one of those like I love beer, like pick me girl, like totally. oh my God, like I'm one of the guys. I'm like, I 
like men for, you know, 40% of the time. And that's like enough. And it's okay. I literally love girls. Like I love their vibe. Like I think that they're so interesting. I think they're so textured. I think they're so funny. I feel very comforted and safe when I'm in the presence of women. And I feel lucky that my job now, all I do all day is like, talk to women. That's totally. it's like, I think that's probably why I'm so happy. The happiest I've ever been in my life is because that's like my job and that's what I love to do. It takes, I totally agree with you. Like, and I actually, I wrote this part down of your book that I really liked. You talk about it at the end, um, about being a girl's girl. And I, I wanted to just like make a point to talk about this because you said, do you think um, people who weren't born with like the girl's girl vibe, do you think that they can teach themselves to be yeah. a girl's girl? And you said yes. And you explained it so perfectly that. And so like, listen up, girls, the ones of you who are the the beer drinkers. I like to hang on one of the boys, those, those, those. If you are longing to be a girl's girl, yeah. you can, because mm-hmm. according to Tinks, and I completely agree with this, it's all about being vulnerable. It really is. It's like, And it's like, again, I like you can change. Like, I believe in change. Like, I really, really do believe that people can change themselves. And it's like sometimes you become a pick me girl out of a defense mechanism. And Mm -hmm. I totally get that. Like, there's probably people listening who are like, well, all the girls were mean to me in my high school. And that's why I am the way I am. I get it. But you can change. And like the number one thing is vulnerability, because I, I think that a lot of women I mean, all women, we we have scarcity mindset. This is told we are when from the time we're young, you know, we're told there isn't enough good yeah. guys to go around. There isn't we're told your looks are a depreciating asset. Like basically from the time you're 17, you're getting uglier and like less valuable in the world. You have to be married if you want to be happy. Like we have so much societal pressure. So it's no wonder that sometimes we're competitive with one another. Mm-hmm. But the truth is that all of those scarcity mindset things that society is telling us is to keep us from talking, to keep us from being friends, to keep us from saying, wait, you're having that issue. I've actually been through that. Let me tell you what I, what I, what I did to get through it. Like that's what they don't want us to do. So you can change yourself. Being vulnerable is the key. And by that, I mean like not holding, you know, like if you sit down at a group dinner, like you can tell, you can say like, guys, like, oh my God, I'm having like the worst time at work. And that doesn't mean that they're going to think that you're dumb or whatever. Or like if you're in a relationship and you're fighting with your boyfriend, like it, it's okay to tell your girlfriends yeah. that. And it's like, I think we're sometimes afraid like to be not perfect as women. We're like, if I say like bitch about my boyfriend one time, they're going to think I don't love him. And like, oh my God, oh my God. And it's like, no, uh, probably there are, they're all fighting with their boyfriends too. And then you guys can talk about it and figure out the best totally. way. And you also say, and I think this is really important, is to like, instead of when you meet another woman, sizing yourself up next to that person and instead finding, okay, well, what does this, what, what interest do we share? What do we have in common? Like, what is that like potential bond that we have? And and that is, that's really what it is. When I meet girls that aren't girls, girls, Mm -hmm. it's because I feel the competition. I feel it. It's the, it's in the air, the energy, it's everything. And they don't, they don't want to say too much or be too much of themselves because it's all about competition. Yeah. And they're, and they're acting like they're like a spy and they have secrets. And I'm like, I'm not trying to like steal your job, like, or your boyfriend like it's it's crazy but some girls are so defensive like that and it just like you can immediately tell as you said they're like sizing you up and they're comparing and they're like "Mm -mm -mm." like for me I'm the opposite like if I meet a girl who's really cool and successful I'm like how can I I'm like befriend her I'm like let me get close to this chick she's obviously like I'm like cool I want to be in her orbit like this is awesome I want to soak it up like not size her up yeah no I think that's really important I am not the cook or the chef in this family, Bo is, but he is not around 24-7 to make every single meal for me in Hartford. So on the nights that he's not there and I'm like, well, shit, I, I need to do something. We always use HelloFresh. Like we always have some HelloFresh in our refrigerator because... 
I'm just incapable of making good meals on my own. So let me explain. With HelloFresh, you get farm fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. So skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. And that is why it is America's number one meal kit. So all you have to do is go to their website and you can choose from 40 weekly recipes. Okay, that's amazing. And they change all the time. So you go on their website, You choose the recipes you want. They're sent to your door. It's so, so easy. You can also choose from over 100 items to round out your order from snacks to easy lunches to desserts to pantry necessities. So if you're not somebody who likes going to the grocery store, this is for you. I also just think it's so great because even if you are inspired to cook, sometimes it's like, it's really hard to find recipes. Then you have to go to the grocery and buy all these different ingredients just to make this one meal. And then you end up like forgetting an ingredient and it's so expensive buying all of these ingredients that you've spent so much time, so much money, and it ends up being just like a frustrating experience. But with HelloFresh, all of those pre-portioned ingredients with like an easy to use directional page, it just... It's easy, it's simple, and it's delicious. And I also just discovered that they do... um crowd-pleasing appetizers, snacks, sides. So if I want to have a dinner party or like just like a bunch of people over, I can do that. So like I have that in the back of my mind for next time. I just think that that was, I thought that was really cool. So go to HelloFresh.com slash Stassi 16 and use code Stassi 16 for 16 free meals plus free shipping. That's HelloFresh.com slash Stassi 16 and use code Stassi 16 for 16 free meals plus free shipping. So since we're on the topic of your book, let's Mm -hmm. just like Let's just dive in, okay? Like I was talking about early in the beginning of the top of this episode, yes, this is a book that is about dating, Mm -hmm. about relationships and all of that, but, and your biggest point in this book is that the relationship is, and it sounds cheesy the way I'm wording it, but whatever, just fucking roll with it. It is the relationship that you have with yourself. Mm -hmm. And, And you said, if there's anything you want people to take away from this book is that dating isn't a means to an end. It's a way to really get to know yourself yourself yeah I think this is like such a big mindset shift for me that I wish I'd had earlier where it's like some people out there like all they want is a husband and that's like their entire goal of dating and that look that's a way to do it there's a million ways I hate this phrase there's a million ways to skin a cat if that's what you want like go do that this probably isn't the book for you my point of view is that Dating should be about self-discovery and learning what you like and don't like with other people so that when an amazing person does drop into your life, you'll be fully ready for it and you'll know and you'll be able to go, oh, yeah, that's exactly what I'm looking for. And I'm a fully actualized person who's dealt with my shit and been in therapy and has grown and, you know, knows exactly who they are. And then you're good to go. You're golden. Like, that's what you want. And it's like, you can't massively rush timing in my in my opinion like you can put yourself out there of course if you want to be dating you should be dating and going on dates and putting the energy out there but you can't rush timing so it's like what are you going to do in the meantime light yourself on fire cry yourself to sleep every night no like be grateful go on dates explore have fun like learn more about yourself again so that when that person does drop into your life you will be good to go and you'll notice no it's true and let me tell you like when I was reading this I was like Oh, I miss dating. You made it sound so fun. And granted, I look back on certain parts of my life, like, and I think that this is actually like a huge part of why Bo and I found each other is because when I was single during that stretch, it was, I had gotten to the point in my life where being single wasn't sucky for me. Exactly. I really Mm. fucking loved it. I loved Mm -hmm. being alone. And like, Mm -hmm. even the examples that you were listing about like decorating your apartment the way that you want to, or, um, forming, like framing a day where you're like, oh my God, I get to just like go do all Mm -hmm. these things with my friends. There's, there's just so much freedom and you never know what's going to happen. And, and I, I really enjoyed that point of my life. And then he dropped and in. And then he dropped in. Exactly. That is like such a perfect example. It's like you have to get to the point where it's like you are able to fill up your own cup. Like it's again, it sounds so cheesy, but like I think a lot of the times cheesy things are cheesy because they're true. And so people say them a lot because like they want you to believe them. And it's so true. It's like once you get to a place where you're like, yeah, I, I'm excited to be in love, but I'm very, very happy and grateful for this time alone. 
that's when they drop in. And you are right when you say that couples get the short end of the stick because when you, I mean, listen, I love my husband. I love my daughter. I love my life. I love my family. Like I, I'm so fucking thankful, but like, I don't get to do anything I want to do. Yeah. I don't get to just pick up and take an impromptu like trip with my friends anymore. I don't get to just like you. Can you please tell me your perfect day again? This was like a day you like wrote about and it was you had it with like two of your friends. Oh, you yeah, guys went yeah, yeah, and yeah. I'm like, this is a perfect day. Yeah. And I'm not I'm not allowed to do those. Meaning, you know what no, I mean? I know what you mean. And it's like it's like, look, we again, it's another societal thing where we're told like in a relationship you will be happy and you'll be good. And if you're single, you're lonely and you're and it's bad. And it's like, you, why don't we see the good things in both of them? Why don't we see them as like just two beautiful stages of life that both have good things? And when you say the good things about one, that's not shitting on the other stage. It's just there's both with good. Like having a family, having a partner is so supportive and loving and incredible and nourishing. Being single is there's so much freedom. There's excitement in the unknown. You can do whatever you want. You can, you know, whatever. So it's like both can be good. Like that's how we should be viewing it. Not like oh, the shitty single years until the good magical, because then it's like, well, what are you just going to hate? Like your entire single life. That's such a waste to me. Like we're put on earth for such a short amount of time. Like we should be grateful for any years that we have that are good. Yes. And there's so much beauty in that freedom of yeah. being alone. And it's true. Like when you, and again, so you say, so the book is called the shift and that's just like shifting the way you look at things. So instead of being like, like, and you used a bunch of examples, but one of them is like, okay, well, why isn't this guy calling me or something like that? And then, so instead of thinking that you think, how does this guy make me feel? Exactly. So yeah. like in, in terms of that, I feel like the shift is so important with your single years because once your single years are over, they're over you they're, guys, they're over. And it's like, what if I told you, like, what if I said to someone who was like 22, what if I was like, you're going to be, uh, you know, you're going to date around, like have a few boyfriends, whatever. You're going to find your person when you are 30. And until then, you're just going to have fun. How would that person act? That person would be like, yes, like, oh, yeah. my God, I'm going to have the fucking time of my life. I'm going to explore. I'm going to travel with my friends. I'm going to date. I'm going to have casual, safe sex. I'm going <laughs> to do all these things. I'm going to like starfish in my bed. And that's what the fuck is that? everyone like, like be in the middle of your bed. Oh, OK. And like, and like, you know, like just enjoy it, like enjoy having all the closet space because and that's how everyone should act because I'm like, you guys, OK. Let's play it out because some of my sometimes my followers will write to me and they'll be like, I'm literally going to die alone. I'm like, do you know how few people actually never die find alone? someone no, I know. like it's like, like one person? And if it's you, well, goddamn, like that is wild luck because it's going to be like one person, <laughs> like whatever. Everyone finds someone so act that way and enjoy and like be grateful. And it's like, I just wish for me that I had been less stressed in my 20s about it because I was totally that girl who was like, I'm not cool unless I have a boyfriend. Like I have to chase this boy because he looks the right way for like what I want my life to look like, which resulted in me like being frantic and miserable a lot of the times. And now I'm like, I wasted like really, really hot years being really frantic and worrying about nothing. Totally hot and now years. I'm 32 and I'm single and I'm like so satisfied and happy. Look, I'm excited. Of course, I'm excited to find my person. Of course, that's going to be an amazing moment. But like, wow, like it feels so good to be happy right now. Yes, I agree. And I just love that you're writing so much about being single and loving single life in those years, because I feel like that, like maybe it's like one of the cornerstones of my podcast. Like I talk about it a lot, even though I'm in yeah. a, in a marriage, I will teach this to my daughter. Yeah. Like this will be something that I just hammer through her that like you should be so lucky to have yeah. so many single alone yeah. years because there's just nothing more fun and glorious than yeah. that. It's just such an exciting time that it is smart to just think of it as it's two separate times not neither is worse or better than the yeah. other it's it's two different times in your life and and enjoy the fuck out of it exactly exactly okay so can i ask you a few things about yes. like some specific i know you do it on your you you talk about these things on your anything. instagram and your story so i don't feel like i'm giving too much away no, anything of the book did you come up with box theory yeah you're like an you're like a mad scientist Thank like you. that's like some win um award type shit like you know uh, thank you thank you will you explain box theory to yes. my listeners okay so box theory is my theory that 
When a guy meets a girl in a romantic setting, so like a dating app date, a blind setup, whatever, he will put her into one of three boxes. Wants to date her, wants to sleep with her, wants nothing to do with her. Okay, third box, easy. You know, everyone can tell when someone wants nothing to do with them. Where people get confused. Nuh-uh. That's, yeah. That's, <laughs> well, I feel like I still chased people that wanted nothing to do with me. True, true. <laughs> but where people get really confused is between date and hook a box. Totally. So I think that if a guy wants to date you, you can act like a complete lunatic, sleep with him on the first date, double text him, whatever. He's still going to want to date you. If a guy only wants to hook up with you, you can talk about Jesus and not sleep with him for six months and talk about how you want a golden retriever. And he's still only going to want to hook up with you. And then people are like, well, Tanks, that's putting all the power in the guy's hands. And I'm like, no, 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 you're looking at the wrong way. It's empowering to know where you stand. And also the lesson is you shouldn't try to manipulate someone into dating you. Like, I think that it's so But wrong. I also disagree. I, man- I manipulated the fuck out of Bo, and I still do. No, <laughs> because he, well, yes, yes. Well, now you should ease your husband. You should do that as much as you want. But like, if you are sitting there and you really want to sleep with a guy and you're like, but I'm worried that like, if I sleep with him, he's not going to like me. It's like, that's not a good way to get into something. And it's totally, like, it's just like, I get so heartbroken when I get... DMs or whatever letters, emails from my followers. And they're like, I like, we was, we were so seeing this guy for like a few weeks and then I slept with him. And then like, do you think it's cause I slept with him that he didn't text me? And I'm like, no, like it was always going to be that way. Like, so, you know, you can't try to like over engineer these situations. You have to do what you want. Like the most empowering thing is to be like, I'm ready to sleep with this guy. I'm going to, regardless of the outcome, like this is, I'm honoring my choice right now because this is what I want to do. No, I agree with your theory. I really like it. And it like, I like found myself like thinking back on all the dudes that I dated during like my single time that I would like pine after and they would, they would text me just enough and, and engage yeah, just enough. You were, in the, you were in the hookup box. Yes. The hookup box. It's like, what the fuck? The hookup box. I've been placed there so many times. Same. Literally, I like in my 20s, <laughs> I would be like a guy would text me like once every like 10 days and I'd be like this is going so well like it's not like I was you know and and similarly like if you're in the date box it's such a different feeling like you can tell that the guy just likes you you can you feel like totally comfortable around him he's asking you in advance like do you want to hang out this weekend like what are your plans like following up remembering shit about your life like you can feel the difference and my point is that everyone deserves to have to be in the date box and you can be if you just say no to hookup box situations like yeah. if someone is only texting you at 2 a.m on a friday night and being like what are you doing like th- you're in the hookup box like if that's the only communication and it's like if you're okay with that that's fine yeah but be so serious like that you're like that, that's where you are when i tell you like i spent the majority of my 20s in the friday night what are you doing tonight text box. i think a lot of us did <laughs> i think a lot of us did and that's okay it's like a learning curve okay so then reverse box theory is when we basically haven't even met the dude yet and we're like planning the wedding in tuscany fuck i know yeah like which i'm literally still guilty of like i'll see a guy's profile on a dating app and it's i'm fun. like that's why i'm like well he would be a great dad and <laughs> just wow um but it's like it's okay look i think women are endlessly creative and imaginative and that's one of our superpowers but it's like the point is to not rate like elevate him because it's like ultimately if he looks nice and you're like yeah i could like see him in a tux next to me fine but it's when you make him god status and you haven't even met him yet what matters is if he's kind what matters is if he follows up with a text right after the date what matters is if he makes you laugh on the date makes you feel funny and sexy and sparkly and like your best self like you can't make put him in the date box before he's earned it like he has to earn that because you're the prize so don't be putting him in that box and being like yeah I want to marry him before he's even shown you that like he can count well I like what you said you were like why don't you start looking at the dudes you're dating as if they're dating your best friends right and that I was like oh my god mine see I feel like I'm out there in the world the dating world right now just like really I know I'm a I'm a master of dating right now yeah no but that makes so much sense because the way that we would pick apart and judge somebody our best friend is dating that's how we should be treating the dudes we're dating totally we would be like well wait what do you mean that he like didn't call you for four days after you guys had sex you'd be like 
that's not cool. But then with yourself, you'd be like, well, he said he was busy. And then I was just, uh-huh. da, 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 and I did see that picture of him with his family at his lake house. Like, I really <laughs> yeah. want to go to that lake house. So I'm just going to accept this for a little while longer. You're so right. Yes. Okay. So one of the things you focus on a lot um, that I really love because I feel like I've just like naturally lived this way my whole life and I didn't even realize I was doing it um, is living in main character energy. You you do it so well. I I, I was born with that you, skill. You were. You were. And the way that I explained it, I tried to explain it once on Vanderpump Rules because I called myself the Beyonce of like my group of friends. And then everyone was like outraged and Annie Cohen was like, so you think that you're the Beyonce of your own friends? And I'm like shouldn't everyone think that they're the Beyonce in their own life of their group of friends? Otherwise, what the fuck are you doing? Like, what are you doing? And that shut everyone up. And they were like, oh, it's so true. She's actually right. (laughs) You you lived, you live it so perfectly. And that is actually a great way to describe it. Like, it's not vain because you're saying everyone should think that way about themselves. And it's true. Like, everyone should be like, yeah, I'm the Beyonce. Like, I'm the main character. And it's like, it's not to put others down. It's to make sure that you're not, again, elevating other people to, like, higher status than you in your own life. Because, like, for me, like my specific type of delusion is that like I think of my life as a Netflix movie and so it's like it's beautiful when I was in my 20s and I would like put my life on hold for a guy who clearly hated my guts like for weeks and weeks I'm making him the main character of my movie because why would the main character wait around and like refresh her phone for a guy so then I'm saying like then the writers are like wait what's going on he's now all of a sudden the main character in your life like what are you doing and so that's why you need to make sure that you're the main character or the Beyonce which like also just means like living in authenticity of who you are and what you want yes and being just like feeling good in that not feeling yeah. like worried to to talk about the things that you love be mm-hmm. really extra about mm-hmm. the things that mm-hmm. make you happy mm-hmm. just like really like living in what your fucking truth is yeah it's so much fun and I love that that's just like such a theme on TikTok right now people and TikTok love it yeah they they really love it Gen Z takes it so far and I'm like I love that for them they're very intense about it but But like, yeah, do it. Romanticize your life. Like pretend your life is a movie. We are, again, I'm all about like present moment gratitude. Like you are, you are the Beyonce. True. It's true. And with that comes being a good manifester. I wanted to ask you, Mm -hmm. do you know your human design type? Is that Enneagram? I just did the Enneagram one. No, I don't know my human design. What Enneagram are you? Eight. It's you're an eight. Are you an eight? (laughs) I knew it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, it's so funny because I literally I was went on a girl's trip this weekend. They made us all us do it. And I was like, and at first I read it and I was like, that's not me. And then I was like, this is literally exactly me. Like, exactly. Oh, my God. No, we. So Bo and I like went to couples therapy, like in the first What's six Bo's? months of our relationship. He's like a half four, half seven. He's like on the cut. He's like, OK, he's both. And he like basically they said you can choose which one you relate to the most. Yeah. yeah. And I can't remember. I mean, I chose for him typically. I was like, <laughs> yeah, I'm we, like, because we know everything. Yeah, we do. We're smart. And uh, but we we took that test because like this, I guess that's like kind of weird that we did couples therapy like in the first six months of I was dark passengering all the time I think it's so (laughs) I know this is a sidebar but like I'm like obsessed with therapy and I'm obsessed with couples therapy and like I think it's so cool to go like immediately it was like really helpful like because like any issues that you're having like any insecure like I was getting insecure about the fact that I would want to come home from a party early and go to sleep and I wanted him to come with me because I have been cheated on so many times right sometimes with my friends yeah and after a party yeah that I always thought that like he's gonna do something like that to me and so to just like have therapy where like we could just talk about it I'm like yo this is literally what it's about and he's like wow I really fucking understand that then it's like cool I don't have any reason to dark passenger anymore exactly exactly no I think that's so cool I'm like I I wouldn't date someone who isn't in therapy honestly I'm like obsessed with therapy well so that's how we found out our enneagrams because they made us do that I love that we're both innate but Mm -hmm. I really want you to figure out your human design my next quiz because I fully think I'm like convinced you are either a manifester or a manifesting generator. And I, I just need, you think the second one, I think you're a manifesting generator because she gets shit done. Yeah. You get shit done. Very productive, but you also are like a really good manifester. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like equal parts, like woo woo. And like also just fucking go, you know, like I like you, you have to do both. It's like, I love that mantra. It's like the harder I work, the luckier I get. And I think that's like a really good thing to be like, you're, 
you're yeah. planting seeds, you're manifesting, but you're also like, go, 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 you know? Yeah. You no, that makes so much sense. So when you have some free time, I'm going to do it's it. It's one of those things that you don't have to answer questions. It's literally that you're born this way. Oh, you're born this okay. way. I need to find out. Okay. So you just like type in, I think it's humandesign.com or something. Okay. You type in all of the info and it will tell you. Fantastic. And I'm just like, you please have to send me a text. I will, I will. Oh my God. But you write about manifesting mm-hmm. and you did it in terms of, of life. We talked about it in terms of life, but also in terms of dating because you talk about... Um, what the crush list yes which I just think is so important I wish I did this when I was single Mm -hmm. and I wish I like I feel like I am a good manifester and I whenever anybody asks me about like okay well how do you do that and and I try not to sound like yeah like woo woo but like it really is just you're just assuming that what's gonna like what you want is gonna happen like and you're very you have to be very specific about it and like I grew up in my in when I was in high school, my early twenties. I'm like I want I will live in a Spanish style house in the hills. Yeah, I wish I manifested a little greater. Like yeah. I will live in a ten million dollars Spanish style house. Right, 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 right. No, no, no. But it's but like, like it's you're it here. Was just, you did it. Yeah, it was gonna happen. Mm-mm-mm. And so because that was like the intention and talking about it, it's I like the steps. You you start taking the steps you just to get live there. in that way. Exactly. You live in that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Until you accomplish what you want. And when you talk about the crush list, I think it's it's the same thing. It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can the, you explain that to the crush everyone? list? Yes. The crush list is uh part manifestation, part organization. And it's basically like you just have a list in your phone of all of your crushes. And it's like, I think when we get older, we think, oh, crushes are for like high schoolers. I run on crush power. Like I live on crush power. I think the best feeling in the world is to have a crush. It can be a celebrity. It can be like a guy you saw and you can just put in line like guy gas station. It can be like the best use, the best like type of crush is like if you see a guy on Instagram and like you, you see you have a mutual friend and you ask your friend like, oh, who's that guy? And she's like, oh my God. Yeah. You like would like him. He's this guy, like friends of my friend. You put him on the list. And then Like the universe takes note and it's like he will come into your orbit or whatever. Now, I'm not saying like if you put Michael B. Jordan on your list, like you're going to be at a party with him and like you're going to fuck him. Like I wish that that's how this worked. But it's like it's just good to put crushes on there. And it's good, especially because so first of all, it's good for that. It like reminds you of all the crushes you have and like, you know, it can pull them into your life if they're in your orbit already. And the second reason is like sometimes when you're just like having a bad day and you're feeling like, oh, I don't like anyone or like, oh, I hate being single or whatever, whatever you take it out. And you're like, there's so many crushes to be had. Like there's so many people out there and it kind of just gives you this boost. And I love having someone to hyper fixate on, even if it's a celebrity. I have been that way my whole life. Like I need to have, I get very hyper fixated on things. And like, I need to have a crush. Like I've actually been kind of in crisis for the for the last few months because I haven't really had a breakup in February. And then like I was like, well, and then I didn't I didn't have any crushes for a while. And I think I've identified a new one. It's a celebrity, but that's fine. But like fine. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> but fun. like but I need crushes. Even if it's just like to flirt, to like, oh, I love it. That's like that's what it means to be alive. And I, I also love a crush because it's like hopeful. It's like a girly feeling. It reminds me of being in high school. But I still crush on guys like the same way that like I did in high school, like in like heart eyes emoji, like drawing their name on my notebook. Like I love that stuff. Oh my gosh. I love that you're like that because I was one of those people. I rejected the idea of crushes because I'm like, it feels young. It feels yeah, young. Yeah. And then when I read you talking about it, I'm like, oh. Yes. Yeah. I'm like, I I like stay very much in like childlike energy. Like I'm very into that. Like I'm very into like, I don't, I don't like that adults lose our play. Like I'm, I'm very silly and I really need that because I'm also a very like intense, like in my head person. So I need that like silliness and lightness and goofiness to offset that. So it just, I kind of like that stuff. Yeah. Well, I just really love that the crush list, it it is just a, 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 a really creative way to talk about manifesting. Totally. Yeah. And it's fun. And you're just like, you're just putting it out there. Like, who knows? Maybe it will be Michael B. Jordan, like coming into your life. Have, have you always been like big on manifesting? No, I, I honestly was like just a normal, basic girl, like just living my life, like l- having the best time, like living, laughing, loving until I was like 26. And I was like, 
in a really dark place. And I just felt my life was like out of control. I felt like I was so behind all of my friends. I like didn't like my job. I didn't have a boyfriend. I felt like I was being swallowed whole by New York, had terrible body image. Um, I felt like all my friends were like getting engaged and were like making so much money. And I was like, I was spiraling. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, okay, I need to just like start doing some stuff. So I like started going to therapy and then I started reading like all the manifesting books. Like I read The Secret. I read a lot of Gabby Bernstein, um, like Untethered Soul, Return to Love, um, The Artist's Way, like kind of just doing all these, like starting to do the work. And at first I was like, it can feel like a foreign language and I totally appreciate that. So if you're like at the beginning of your journey, do not feel overwhelmed because you can make it what you want it. And like, the best way to do it is just read a bunch of books and like learn from a bunch of different teachers and then take what resonates with you. Like yeah. I take a little bit of The Secret. I take a little bit of Gabby Bernstein. I like invent my own shit, like the crush list and whatever. Yeah. And then you make your own practice and like it doesn't, it's not a science. Obviously it's like, and that's what's beautiful. So you can make it your own. Yeah. Well, I like seriously loved your book. Like I'm not, and I feel weird being like, no, like I was really impressed. Like as if like I had low expectations or something. I just don't normally read dating books. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Of course, you know what of I course. mean? Yeah, and yeah. Especially from someone who's like my age. So, yeah. Yeah. And I just thought that like, again, like I want my listeners to know that like, if you're not interested in, in a dating sort of book, it's, it's not just that. Like Thank it you. really is. Yeah. It's funny. Like I laughed out loud. It's like, it's about finding your, it's just like, it makes you feel good about yourself. You. That was my whole goal. So thank you for saying that. So job well done. Everybody thank should you. go and pre-order that. Before thank I you. let you go, I want to know who you follow to look up to, to be cool the way mm -hmm. that I look up to you. <laughs> I, I look up to you. I look at your family and I'm like, you know what you are. It's like, um, so in man, and there's one manifester, I forgot what her name is, but she talks about expanders and they're basically like people who show you like what's possible and like people in your life and they'll come in and I'll be like, wow, she has like a career and a family and like a relationship. And it's like, I love to look for expanders in my life where I'm like, like, um, so Jennifer Fisher jewelry, like, I don't know if you know her, but like, she's, I don't know her, but like, personally, yeah, she's but. like a crazy great follow. And she's like, she's, she it just like, I love she has like two kids who are like in high school. She has an amazing marriage. She has a job she loves. She has all these friends. And like, I'm just like, you're who I want to be. Like, I think it's so important to have like constantly have women where you're like, yeah, I love this. I love that from her. Like whatever. Gwyneth Paltrow I'm obsessed with. I'm yeah. like, I just think she's fantastic. Um, who else do I love? Like Jen Meyer Jewelry as well. She's just like the coolest cool girl ever. Like a great mom, has a business. Like uh, the Foster Sisters love them. Like, yes, I love all of your picks right now. I just like, I love to see women who are like living in their truth and having fun doing it. Like I have to have fun. And all of those women, like they're having fun while they're doing the most. Cool. Thanks. Thank you so much for being here. I adore you. No. That was just, thank you. I'm like, I'm so happy for you. I know this book, like people are just going to fucking eat this shit up. Thank you. thank you. And I'm just like, you're just such an inspiration. I love seeing like women become successful through ways that I didn't know were possible. Thank you. It's like, what is going to be the next thing that like, we don't even know, know. that like, we're going to see like a whole new crop of women that are like becoming successful by something that doesn't even exist, exist yet. yet. I know. And yeah. like, how exciting is that That's to cool. think about? Yeah. So I know like you guys probably already follow tanks, so, like whatever, but like at tanks, if there's thank anything you. else you want to plug. So sweet. Thank you. No, this was wonderful. Thanks thank so much. you. Thank you. Bye, guys. Thank you.